Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. I'm the Sam and Sam says, and today I'm excited to kick off our series on quality because this is truly the foundation of the work that we do in the Medicaid space and met with Medicaid managed care organizations. I'm sitting down with Cindy Gill, clinical practice consultant for quality for government programs at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois to discuss the basics of quality measures, how we use them and why they're so important. Cindy, it's so good to have you on Sam Says. Uh, welcome. I'm thrilled for this discussion. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm really looking forward to the discussion on quality. And I know that the Blue Cross can shed so much light on quality metrics and put it all into perspective for our listeners. So let's, you know, really just jump right in, Cindy. Can you just start by giving me a baseline of the work you do with Blue Cross and how it relates to quality? So as you indicated in my title, it's clinical practice consultant. Uh, I'm a registered nurse with a master's degree related to quality, and I work within the Medicaid and our MMAI lines of business. Uh, MMAI is really a combination of Medicaid and Medicare, mostly disabled uh, patients, things like that. Um, and um, I work within that government programs division within Blue Cross Blue Shield. So we handle government, government work, basically. I'm one of the four clinical practice consultants located throughout the state of Illinois. And really, our job responsibilities include working really closely uh, with our provider groups across the state, as well as our quality staff at the groups to improve their HEDIS rates um, and close gaps in care for patients. Um, as well, we collaborate with the provider groups on initiatives to encourage their patients to complete preventative care. Um, and we also work very closely with our internal quality team and internal teams um, on our Blue Cross Blue Shield programs to improve HEDIS rates and once again, close those gaps in care to keep patients healthy. I love that description and the realization that there's a team out there just and a team at Blue Cross, but a team at all of the plans working with providers sort of to do this work um, to talk about heat is something that especially as we sort of when we say on uh, government programs, we're talking Medicaid, Medicare, Medicaid, um, dual products. And why I just want to underscore that is that especially when we were in a fee-for-service program, there just there weren't Cindy Gills out there doing this work. There weren't folks partnering with the providers and saying, hey, this is what your peers, your peer practices are, are sort of performing at. And maybe you're an outlier one way or another. How can we um, either share those best practices? How can we close those gaps? Um, and how do we, you know, just really start talking about, about quality, because if you're not talking about it, you're not improving it. Absolutely. And, uh, and that is definitely one of the big parts of our jobs. Um, it's actually a pretty relatively new uh, area within quality to have these relationships, um, direct relationships with the provider groups. Um, I've been at my job now a little over three years, um, but it's, it's really pretty new within the uh, insurance ma managed care realm. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's, it's because we continue to learn um, and, and realize that providers are the ones providing the direct health care. And we can have health plans can have incentive programs, they can track data, they can do all of that. But unless there's 
and effort at the practice level to engage their patients, we're missing a big tool in terms of improving outcomes. Absolutely. And we really talk to our provider groups about, you know, provider um, quality doesn't just mean the actual provider, the doctor, the nurse, practitioner, the the physician's assistant. It includes everybody within your practice from the person that meets that patient at the door um, and registers them to the MA or the CNA that that actually rooms the patient, the nurse that's gathering all that data for the providers and the providers themselves. Um, We talk about how important it is to think about, you know, just from the very beginning, especially in this population, um, Medicaid, because they are very I don't want to say the word transient, but they kind of are transient. You know, they may belong to somebody else's provider group or, you know, uh, but now they're seeing your group. So making sure you get all that information at the very front. And even with some of our really good practices, you know, saying, hey, um, let me give you this information about um, mammograms or let me give you this information about colorectal screening that you can look at because we see you haven't had that yet this year. Um, you know, and so all of that really helps to make sure these patients, these really hard to manage patients, get the care that they need. And that they deserve, Cindy. And I absolutely I, I think that's part of our challenge with our with improving health care outcomes in the Medicaid space is that our Medicaid members have not necessarily been respected by the healthcare industry and don't feel at home. Um, and so that's why they might be, you know, find, try, looking for a practice, looking for a doctor and a doctor's office that makes them feel comfortable. And I love what you said there because I definitely, I, so I'm a, I'm a healthcare policy wonk and quality is definitely my like area of just um, fascination. But even I don't necessarily, I hadn't thought about it's the receptionist, it's the CNA, it's the PA, it's everybody that you interact with that's going to make you feel comfortable and willing to come back to that practice, willing to come back to that office and engage in healthcare in a meaningful way. And if you feel dismissed or disrespected or just not seen, the likelihood that you're going to continue to engage on your healthcare is pretty darn low. Absolutely. And that's one of the other things that uh, I've learned over the years in managed care is that, um, and especially with this, this very, uh, I want to say very unique population, is that there's often times where if you see them in the office, that may be the only time you'll ever see them. So you want to make sure that you cover all the bases. Um, and one of the things that we're really finding, especially with the Medicaid population um, and our Medicare MMAI population, our dual population, um, is the role, and this is something we can talk about in a little bit more depth if you want, but the role of social determinants of health um, and how those are playing into our patients. Um, as I tell some of our groups, you know, it's really hard for someone to worry about getting a mammogram or a colorectal screening or taking care of their diabetes if they don't have access, you know, they don't have access to good food, they don't have access to transportation just to get them to the doctor. Um, you know, they have to take four buses to get there, or maybe they live in an area where um there's a concern for their housing or their safety, you know, they're more concerned about that um, and making sure that they stay safe uh, than they are about, 
getting that breast cancer screening. Um, and although we know that how important that is in the prevention of disease down the road or conditions down the road, um, you know, making sure we address those social determinants of health um, are, is very important um, because those are things that we, it's, it's the hardest thing to deal with because it's not a quick fix. Um, but in looking at that, that's one of the things this year that Blue Cross Blue Shield is very, um, we're very determined, we're very active in looking at social determinants of health, engaging our partners within in Blue Cross, as well as our community partners, um, you know, our caravan, um, our Blue Door centers, and then our community partners, our food banks and things like that, that are available, social work, our care coordinators, really trying to make this, an, um, you know, that that chance to be able to, to, to assist with some of those things um, so that they can focus more on their health um, and make sure that they're getting those things, you know, done that they need, um, making sure that they're getting the food, you know, healthy food. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it, it all plays very strongly into how these members are, are able to take care of themselves in their whole continuity of care. I am just nodding right along, Cindy. This is so near and dear to my heart. And, and I think why we're all in the Medicaid space, because it's a unique challenge. Um, but man, when you get it right, it feels so good. And oftentimes when we talk to the clinicians out in the field, you know, there's a, there's this perception that Medicaid members sort of are, you know, will often be described as non-compliant. They're not, they don't pick up their prescriptions. They don't go to their follow-up. They don't, and it's like, it's not that they're non-compliant. It's that we all have a hierarchy of needs. And if you're worried about where you're sleeping tonight, or if you're worried about where your next meal is, or, you know, as a, as a mom, like childcare and, and everything that's going on right now, that's going to take focus and, and your um, attention well before, you know, I just needed food. Is it the healthiest food? Is it, um, you know, can I get over to that mammogram? Not only is it a 45 minute bus ride in the snow, but I also need somebody to watch my little girl or little boy at the same time. And like, all of that is so much more complicated. And so uh, having uh, physicians understand what the, the patient experience is, is critical if we're going to break down um, those barriers, because that's what they are. I mean, social determinants of health, uh, our, our members just face so many more barriers, and we are going to improve that quality. Because when we talk about quality healthcare, what do we mean? We mean are children vaccinated? Um, did they get their mammograms in a timely fashion? Are they, you know, is their diabetes under control? These are the sort of the heatest metrics we're looking at, but it's not just checking a box because there's a process to get that box checked. You can't, especially with Medicaid members, it's not necessarily like um, sort of other members that may not have the same social determinants of health and barriers that our Medicaid members have. Oh, absolutely. And this last couple of years have been very challenging with COVID. Um, there's a lot of fear in the community of, you know, if I go out, I'm going to get COVID. Um, you know, is my doctor's office safe? If we think about when you go to the doctor, a lot of times, you know, there's sick patients and well patients all there together. Oh my gosh, am I going to get COVID while I'm there? So that's been a huge challenge this year. Um, but the other thing that we look at too, and we can't forget our rural communities because um, we know a lot of the barriers that we face in the uh, urban areas or the suburban areas, 
but our rural patients face those same barriers as well. So since we serve the entire state, um, it's very interesting when we get together as a group that we find, um, especially in the rural areas, you know, transportation, even though transportation is a big issue in the city, you're right, we may have to take the bus in the snow, or we might have to change buses two or three times. In the rural areas, we don't have a bus. And so then how are we going to get those patients back, you know, to the provider? Um, and that's where we've found this year, uh, the last two years, actually, a virtual healthcare has become a very big important part of quality, being able to um, see those patients um, via a phone. Uh, a lot of patients do have smartphones um, or being able to talk to them over the phone to say, you know, how are you doing? Are you able to check your blood sugars? Are you able to do these things? So virtual healthcare has become hugely important as part of our quality. And thank goodness NCQA and HEDIS have responded to that by allowing virtual healthcare as part of our um, part of the um, specifications and part of the, um, uh, you know, okay for those preventative measures. Um, but it's hugely important. And, and as I said, you know, being that we have clinical practice consultants throughout the state, um, it is very nice to be able to really compare what's going on. I happen to handle an area that is, um, I live up in the northern area of the state. Um, I actually live in Wisconsin, but work in the Rockford area. Uh, that's my base, but I kind of work all over. I have both. I have both the, the urban areas in uh, Chicago and Rockford, and then I have the rural areas in my outlying areas out towards the Mississippi and down um, into the the other areas, uh, kind of the Rochelle area and that area. So I get to experience both. And we see the exact same things, access to food, safety, transportation. So it's, it's great to get together and then think about how those things play into making sure those patients are getting that, that uh, preventative care that they deserve. Oh, I love that you brought up you know, virtual healthcare, it really, it's like you woke up one day and things just took off in terms of finally meeting, especially those rural members where they are and being able to um, just improve access for them and just in a, a very impactful manner. I want to close on, we've sort of outlined the barriers, we've outlined, you know, social determinants of health. How do we create this process that is improving quality for the Medicaid members that we all serve? What are some of the solutions that Blue Cross is currently engaged in um, that, you, that you could highlight? I know you've already sort of talked about them briefly, but what sort of makes you so excited for this year? So we are working really closely with our caravan and our Blue Door neighborhood centers in the Chicago land and also our caravan in our um, more rural areas down south, Springfield area and the Rockford uh, northern Illinois area um, is really able to bring a lot of information. We have um, patient advocates as well as patient educators that go out and do things um, to be able to give them information about their healthcare, as well as we're able to bring them things like food boxes, um, immunizations. Um, they're also involved very highly in our baby showers. Our baby showers is something that's a great um, event to where we actually bring out providers to be able to talk to prenatal women and women who are uh, thinking about getting pregnant, um, to talk to them about things like breastfeeding or um, 
you know, even if they aren't going to breastfeed, how, you know, formula, what type of formula are out there. Um, and they are able to get goodie bags, raffle items, such as car seats, pack and plays, diapers, breast pumps. Um, it's a great day. So our baby showers are, are a very exciting event. We have them. Um, they're going to be, there's going to be one in the Rockford area. I think believe we're going to do in the Peoria area. Um, so really throughout the state. Um, and then really we're doing a lot of exciting things with our Blue Door Neighborhood Centers, um, where we're partnering with food banks to make sure that patients are getting food and getting good food and making them understand, you know, having them understand the difference between, you know, healthy fruits and vegetables and things like that, but also being able to bring them to them. Um, and then last but not least, we've launched a wellness campaign, a wellness can't wait campaign. And I think that's very important, especially for this year. Uh, we launched it last year. It's going to continue through this year in making sure that patients and uh, understand just that importance. Um, yes, we've been in a COVID situation and a pandemic, um, but it's still important to make sure that you get those breast cancer screenings and colorectal screenings and um, preventative visits um, and immunizations uh, for your children. So those are some of the, the exciting things we've got going on this year. Oh, and how exciting. I, I love that wellness camp. Wait, I mean, just the I'm a fan of alliteration, obviously. Uh, and then what I also love about what Blue Cross does, uh, especially with your Blue Door neighborhood centers and your caravan, is it's a, it's about the community. You don't have to be a Blue Cross Blue Shield member. It's about the you know improving the healthcare of the community and the state at large. And what that's why I love working, you know, with Blue Cross and with the Medicaid health plans is oftentimes it's that public health approach, not that just individual approach. And I do think that when we sort of focus on that bigger picture and on the community as a whole, uh, that's where you can see some real outcomes. And, you know, Cindy, I could talk to you all day and I definitely want to have you come back and talk more about quality um, at some point. But I just want to thank you uh, for today's important discussion and, you know, just really the work that you do uh, improving health um, across our state. And so thank you so much um, to learn more about what I'm is doing and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one today, we encourage you to visit our website at imhip.net. And of course, don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm Samantha Old Spry, the Sam and Sam says. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, be well and stay safe.